Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and I'm a queer adoptee witch raised in fundamental Christianity and a mama to two rambunctious kiddos. Labels really help me tell a story about my way of being in the world. I'm influenced by my profession as a community college instructor and licensed mental health counselor, as well as my experience as a tarot reader and Reiki practitioner. If you're looking for declarative statements or black and white guidance, I'm probably not your gal. My approach to these conversations is less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I don't presume to have the answers, but I'm enjoying working out the process with you all. So let's get started. I'm really happy to have you here. Hello, I haven't been on here for quite a while and I thought I would just pop on when I had something that felt really pressing to me. So three years ago or so, I found what I was looking for. So I have been practicing yoga secretly in my bedroom from books <laughs> that I checked out of the library as a teen. And then I transitioned to purchasing DVDs for home practices. And I had really been searching for a yoga practice in person. Um, so when I moved to the Seattle area, I took a class here or there at a yoga studio. I kind of tried to stay super local. And um, then I found it. It was a system and there was heat and there was structure. And frankly, there was a cult following. <laughs> there was a buzz online and in studios and in um, the studio challenges. There was like sticker charts for participating each day. There was recognition. It was really like a lovely community vibe. Like I felt like it was part of a community um, that I hadn't really felt um, before in a workout or athletic um, vibe and certainly hadn't felt since I had really left um, the church scene, the evangelical church scene. So I really believed in what I was doing and I loved the predictability of showing up and knowing that what would be different was not in the poses that we were going to be doing, but in my mindset each moment. So I really just want to say that Bikram yoga changed my life and I was super embodied in a way that I had never been before. I was postpartum with my first child I spent most of my life pretty dissociated since I would say about the age of 12 or so. I can really think back to when PE became more about the grade and less about the actual just um, playing and running and swimming and, you know, jumping on the trampoline and swinging on the monkey bars for pleasure, for fun, for imagination. And it became uh, really about getting a grade in a PE class. So I almost didn't have a second child because of how embodied I felt after taking um, for over a year. I uh, really challenged myself so uh, to take Bikram yoga. And I was super embodied and I almost decided to not have a second pregnancy because I didn't want to lose that physical strength, mental strength, and embodiment that I felt. 
So, but I started to notice that there were like cracks and fissures. Um, I would show up to class and teachers who would say, who had been saying um, for over a year that Bikram yoga was the ultimate 26 postures were suddenly turning up to the studio with different class sequences. Things really changed and the community kind of felt like there was this insider outsider. There was the teachers, there was the studio owner, there was kind of the the pets and pals of the the teachers and the studio owner, and then there was the rest of us. So there were those of us that kind of raised a stink or asked questions, um, wrote emails and got pushback. This sort of idea of like, well, this is my way or the highway and things are changing. So, you know, kind of either like it or leave it. And so I left. Um, I have a need to be a part of things. <laughs> and often I am what I'm going to just casually refer to as being hoodwinked. Um, and that is some something about my personality, right? Um, I'm hoodwinked by flashy slogans and words that really speak to my soul and soothe my anxiety. So people who say, do it this way, trust me, um, rather than teaching me to trust myself, um, a system of deep truth is filtered through trauma and fed as the only way um, and anything sort of spoken or shown um, behind these sacred doors is mine the guru says the teachers then parrot these lines down to students and the tributaries to source become tainted so uh, when I open my eyes to this knowledge and I kind of see what's going on and I see my own behavior and I see how I have been allowing myself to be hoodwinked, allowing myself to believe um, the system that is being presented to me, I usually flee. So sometimes I bring a friend with me, like my friend Sally, who joined me in countless yoga classes where <laughs> we'd lock the knee, lock the knee, lock the knee, or lean back, way back, more back, fall back. Those are quotes from yoga classes, from Bikram Yoga's um, script. So from a distance, we would look at each other and we still do look at each other and say like, wow, how did we ever, how, oh my goodness, we were a part of that. How did we sign ourselves up for that? Um, and then in another breath, we say, wow, we miss it. It was life-changing. We miss the community. We miss how we felt. We miss the system. So Bikram Chowdhury took his teacher's work and passed it off as his own. He spun his poor life upbringing into tales of healing and then by that healed and hurt many with his transformational system. He controlled the narrative. So people on the inside were junkyard dogs patrolling the newbies and a funnel of cash funded his empire. I watched this in life, <laughs> in my actual life, and I just watched it on the new Netflix documentary about him over Thanksgiving weekend, which is why I have decided to record this podcast. Because it got me to think about teachers 
and about teachings. And as a teacher who has just recently wrapped up fall quarter, I'm thinking about myself as a teacher. And of course, I think about tarot, right? Um, This is a tarot podcast. So I've been thinking about the way that I confront information and have been connecting with source since my childhood. So it's hard for me to chart the spider webs of influence, like a thread pulls on a hundred other threads. So I think about, I talked about in one of my first episodes, archetype cards of Carolyn Miss, but that traces back to Carl Jung, who I met in grad school. But further back than that was my English lit degree. And the way back further was Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, which I first confronted in the Myth and Modern Hero sophomore English class in high school. It was an elective. So that teacher is Dan Peters, who talks a lot in his poetry and his workshops about his own high school English teacher, Barry Grimes, and the poetry of Raymond Carver, a Pacific Northwest native, specifically to Yakima, where I spent my teenage years. So it makes me think who influenced Carolyn Miss and Jung was a contemporary of Freud, but diverged. And who was before that? And what about Joseph Campbell? Like, he went way back to Jesus and Muhammad and examined all of the ancient tales. But where does Emily Dickinson and Thoreau fit into this narrative of my own constructed self? And the body of wisdom that I draw upon when I come to the cards. So I've been thinking about... Anne Shirley, (laughs) the orphan fool and queen of wands, who I would say is my first witch teacher in the Anne of Green Gables series, which then for some reason makes me think of Beth Maiden of the Little Red Tarot, which I learned about thanks to Autostraddle, (laughs) which I signed up for Beth's course. But wait, when I trace it back further, that was actually after queer poet, astrologer, and tarot reader Alyssa Ball gave me the framework for the way that I've been approaching tarot cards from her two-hour free workshop that she led on Capitol Hill during Pride in the basement of a queer coffee shop where I went to as my first openly out and proud queer self. So then I think about Alyssa Ball And that tributary flows backward to Dan Peters, where she and I sat across the room from one another in AP English in high school. So then there's Little Red Tarot of Beth Maiden that spiraled out to Biddy Tarot's weekly podcast, where I gobbled up advice and interviews with others who were doing things that really tapped into source with like a different straw and showed me all the ways to see things. So... There was Bakara Winter's WTF tarot book that showed how profanity could be part of the spiritual. And then there was Tower for the Wild Soul, which led into the course, unlocking a community. And in that course, we talked a lot about spirals and sacred geometry, which then really reawakened my memory of my grad school courses, which were 10 years prior, and the theories of spiralic dimensions to counseling to spiritual counseling specifically, which then of course 
takes me down the rabbit trail to the Liturgist podcast where they presented on spiral dynamics. And somehow I got picked to read a poem about shame, which when we think of shame, we think of Brene Brown, which makes me think of TED Talks, which I, I mean, I could just talk for hours, right? And sometimes I do. In my life over coffee, I examine pieces of these this web with people especially people who are part of that specific time. And I've been noticing patterns. So when I'm all in, I'm like all in. And the thing that I love in the moment is swallowed whole, like an owl grabbing a rodent from its snowy hiding place. But then like discomfort sets in and I've just got to, you know, cough up the bones and the hair and the bits that don't sit well. And I mean, I can absorb the nutrients it adds to my existence, but like, I never forget the source. But if Dan Peters were to say he's the, he's the one who needs credit for anything I've done since his English class, where he taught me systems that were existing with stories from his life, I think he'd be wrong. And to clarify, like, he wouldn't say that right? I saw him this past fall at a poetry workshop and he was co-leading and he was thrilled to hear where I am and was encouraging me and my continued growth. So I credit his influence, but I'm never worrying or looking over my shoulder like I do when I practice the postures that Bikram Yoga taught me by myself in my heated library. So I'm curious, like, what are your tributaries back to you, the source? And who can you credit? And how do they want or demand being credited? And have you watched this Netflix documentary on Bikram Yoga? Because like always, uh, I'm curious your thoughts. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived, so feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years, so know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.